Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Connor. A quick question for you. Have you ever played, when you were a kid, the game Telephone? Yes. Okay, Long time so, ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most kids probably know what this is. You can have like a line of people and one person comes up with a, a sentence or a word or, you know, a, a phrase and they repeat it to the next person and then that person repeats it to the next person and so on and so on and so on all the way till the end. And then the person at the end says, you know, what they heard. And then oftentimes it's, you know, quite different, if not entirely different uh, from... Uh, especially if it's like a long sentence that people struggle to remember. So then they start, you know, putting their own words in. And so it's kind of a, you know, silly game, but I think there's a lesson to be learned with it. So when you have a lot of people who are each relaying a message or a story to one another, some things get changed along the way, sometimes by mistake, uh, sometimes on purpose. And, you know, I think this happens when people gossip about other people. Uh, but it also happens with more serious things like history. And so that's what I want us to talk about today, how history can get changed, especially when you go back millennia when they had oral traditions and they weren't really writing some of this stuff down. So you'd get these big myths and legends and people would share these big stories. When we learn from history books in school, many people just assume that what they're being taught must be true, right? I mean, after all, it's in a book. Uh, but someone had to write those books and they got their information from somewhere uh, and everyone no matter who you are has a bias for the teenagers maybe you've read our guide to cognitive biases so you know how biases work but we all have biases for or against things a bias really just means like you you are uh, tempted to think a certain way or your mindset leads you to believe that you know these types of ideas are more correct than other ones you have experience in your life maybe that leads you to uh, behave or think or believe in a certain way. And uh, imagine this, imagine there's a war, there's two countries fighting against one another. Well, they, they both have wildly different views on the same war. Uh, each one thinks that they're right, no doubt, and, and that will give them a different, uh, you know, like perception of the situation. Perception is like how you perceive things or how you interpret things. And so, um, you know, let's let's use the United States and Great Britain. Well, uh, King George and Parliament, right, they had a very different perspective on the colonists. They thought that they were a bunch of lawless rabble rousers and traitors. And so they had that perception. They had that bias. Whereas a lot of the colonists, the patriots, uh, they thought that King George and Parliament were oppressive and they were tyrants and uh you know they were overstepping their bounds and so it shows that like the same events are happening but people have totally different perspectives on it and whoever writes a history book uh including us because <laughs> we just wrote an american history book so we can talk about that too but whoever writes a history book gets to input their opinion or their bias or their perspective into the story and effectively present it as 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 fact i mean it happens all the time so uh, we could, I mean, share a bunch of examples. I'll, I'll sh maybe share a brief one and kick it over to you, Brittany. But like, um, I think of 9-11 and the so-called war on terror that happened after that. And I, in fact, just uh, a few days ago, or it's been a little while uh, since you guys listened to this recording, but I shared on Twitter uh, this quote from 
George Bush, where he was talking about the war on terror. He was the president of the United States at the time. And he was um, claiming he was trying to kind of generate support for going to war in Afghanistan and Iraq and so forth. And he claimed that terrorists attacked America. And he said this, this is a direct quote, because we're the brightest beacon for freedom and opportunity in the world. So he says that that's why terrorists were, or these people who they called terrorists were attacking America. What's interesting is when you read Osama bin Laden, he wrote a, a letter to the American people. Not that people like this should be trusted. Frankly, George Bush shouldn't be trusted either, but it's just interesting to compare and contrast. Here's Osama bin Laden, widely perceived in America as this horrible terrorist that orchestrated you know, 9-11 and all these attacks. He wrote in this letter, he said, he's talking to the American people. He said, your military occupies our countries. You spread your military bases throughout them. You corrupt our lands and you besiege our sanctities. He's basically saying, you've been attacking us. You've been where you shouldn't belong. So now we're fighting back. And so they see themselves, rightly or wrongly, but again, their perception of themselves is that they are defending their lands, their culture, their religion, their people, their family. Whereas in, in the United States of America, the perception of them, I think, was much uh, much different. I don't think. I know it was much different. And they were being claimed as these rogue, horrible terrorists and uh, evil people that uh, shouldn't have any constitutional rights and all these things. So that just shows that whoever's writing the history books or whatever country you're in, you can have very different perspectives. And so when we we're asking the question, is history always correct? We need to admit that it's full of this bias and perception. Brittany, share your thoughts. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's gotten even more blatantly obvious nowadays because I think there's been efforts to rewrite history, just flat out rewrite it. And I think that's done in a few different ways. There's something called sin of omission. And sin of omission is, so like if I were to hit you, that would be wrong, right? I shouldn't hit you. But there are other things that are bad where it's like, it's bad because you didn't do the things you should do. So I'm, I just confused myself giving that definition. But so sin of omission yeah. is like, you leave something out. That would have been the easier way to describe that, but I had to do a big roundabout thing. So sin of omission is like you leave something out. So maybe you're only telling half the story, right? Or you're only telling the parts that fit your narrative. So that's a, that's a way I think people, especially now with history being so political, which is crazy because history really shouldn't be political. It should just be an objective, you know, this is what happened. And there's also like people reframing. There's something called the 1619 Project. And I don't fully, I haven't, read isn't it a book too i can't remember no it was an article in the new york times i think right. it was but basically trying to reframe united states history all around slavery um instead of just looking it's it's a really kind of complicated but it's very like critical race theory which we've talked about before trying to view everything through the lens of uh, racism so just reframing how our how our history in the united states came about so these new things come around where people aren't only just like it's not like things are getting lost in translation they're blatantly saying let's change the way it was and another thing and this makes me laugh every time is that we're shielding like students from things because they're like well we don't want to teach them that that may trigger them and i hate that word more than any other word in the world is triggering is saying like oh, if you say something it's going to send somebody in this like emotional turmoil and you'll never be the same again <laughs> so i know that there's like certain things we talked about uh ronnie and i talked about um i didn't know his name was not ronald until recently it's rald doll i believe yeah. is his name uh, yeah. the author where they took things out of his book they were censoring things from his book that was written decades ago because they were worried kids would be 
offended by things they said. And some of it was like a woman worked as a cashier and like now she's like a lawyer or something. It was just like little things like that. So that's another thing I've noticed with with the trend in history nowadays is they're leaving things out. They meaning whoever's writing the history book, they're leaving things out just because they're like, oh, well, people can't handle it. But this is silly because that it happened. It doesn't, you know, it's it's good that we know about these terrible things. Like we just talked about Japanese internment camps, terrible part of history, but it's good that we know about them so that we don't let the government do it again. So those are some things I think are really scary happening today, but I think they've probably always been happening. We're just noticing it more. I, I think that's right. And to me, the concern here is that if we want to understand who we are, then we need to understand history. I mean, we need to understand the past in order to understand the present. And so when people try to alter the past or when they try to deceive about the past or reframe the past, it's basically an attempt to change who we are, to change how we believe. Just like with the 1619 project you mentioned, right? They were trying to claim that, well, America wasn't really started by freedom lovers. It was started by uh, slavers, people who, you know, uh, enslaved other people and the true origin of the country is uh, that it was built on the backs of slaves and, and so forth. And so they're trying to frame things differently. They're trying to say that America has a rotten foundation, that everything that has grown on that rotten foundation needs to be torn down, that we need reparations for all the you know black people. So we need to take things from white people and give it to black people. So they're trying to change the present by reframing the past. This is why it's so important to learn true history. It's so important to have eyes wide open uh, about what actually happened. And that means not just reading what the victors wrote. So uh, let's, let's use um, World War II as an example. If you were to read a, a high school history book, social studies book about World War II uh, that's produced here in the United States, and then go to Japan, or go to Germany, or go to Italy, or go to France, and read their history books about the same world events, they're going to emphasize and omit and highlight very different things, even though it was the same thing happening. Because they want to present history in a way that is flattering to them, uh, as flattering to them as possible. And so, of course, American history books, you know, in government schools throughout America are going to paint America as the good guys. And it's not going to they're not going to emphasize any of the bad things that the United States government did. It's going to omit all of that and not, you know, talk about those issues at all. And, and so that's what these other countries do. And that's why when you just read the approved narrative of history right from the government or the government schools, you're you're not really getting the truth. You're more getting propaganda. And, and so when we did our American history book, this was a tough challenge because we didn't want to create a, a totally lopsided thing. Obviously, we have a bias, as everyone does. And our bias is that America's founding was uh, one of maximized individual freedom and, and uh, a desire for human flourishing. And so these people wanted a, a government that was more protective of those opportunities and those rights. And, and so that's our bias. We, we believe that to be true. We believe that to be a, a primary factor. And so as we describe the various events through history and the battles and the debates and so forth, it's going to be filtered through that lens. 
And so to me, part of uh, embracing history is recognizing that wherever you read it, there is going to be some bias, but the more open someone is about their bias, the more you can, uh, I think, appreciate and trust their version of history. It's when people try to hide it and when people are trying to force it on you and, and all these things that I think oftentimes we come into problems. The, the sad part of history is like the telephone game, it's all subject to interpretation. And it's all subject to different people saying different things to different people and relaying information differently. And the message gets corrupted over time. And who knows how it started? All we know is how it ended. And so unfortunately, we have to approach history a lot from that vantage point and recognize that it's all subject to interpretation. For us, the question is, what is the, what is the outcome we want? Do we want to tear down our society's institutions and have reparations and hate ourselves for being white? like the 1619 project people want us to or do we want to have a world where we can appreciate you know the rights that we have and the written constitution and that's been copied by you know tons of other countries and the envy of the world and blah 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 can we appreciate that and try and improve upon it so history is really about deciding what type of present and future do you want and so then let's let's learn history in that way that is more helpful for us to be creating a better world, not to just feel bad about ourselves, not to think we're all evil or our ancestors were, but let's learn from their mistakes and let's appreciate the good things they did and let's build upon them. That to me is the purpose of history. It's the opportunity to learn true history. History is not always gonna be correct. It's all gonna be the telephone game. It's all gonna be bias. But as long as we acknowledge that and we're careful about who we learn from and and, and we don't necessarily believe something just because it's in a book or just because someone told us, even if it's in a Tuttle Twins book, right? Do your own research. Um, so if you don't yet have our book, by the way, tuttletwins.com slash history is where you can find that. And uh, depending on when this recording uh, is coming out, volume two will also be out shortly.com slash history. You can check that out for yourself. Get reading from a liberty-based perspective, some of the important events of American history. Brittany, great chatting with you as always. Until next time, talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.